ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's me, it's the Gnarly Gnome, and this is Cincy Brewcast. Hopefully, hopefully you've figured that out by now every week when you click on the show of what you're listening to, who I am, and what we do, but um, if not, Cincy Brewcast, we kind of shoot around Cincinnati, talk to the ever-growing craft beer community. Um, this is a fun show, so typically we are saddled up in a tap room somewhere talking to somebody who makes beer, but... Um, that's not all that there is to craft beer. I, I, I always say that this show is um, the owners, the brewers, the the drinkers, the people who drink the beer. There's also a whole nother world of people who uh, sell the beer, distribute the beer, who get it onto shelves and tap handles. And um, that's exactly what you guys are getting. You guys are doing. You guys They're officially launched. Officially uh, launched. On Thursday was Thursday it? with uh, Thursday Cappies, was the yeah. big party at Cappy's. Um, Michael from what do I call, do? I, is it Mike? Michael? How do you? How do you? Michael's great. Michael yeah. um, from Adina. Um, you guys are the first distributor in Ohio since like the early '90s, I think. The first <laughs> that official craft distributor in Cincinnati since probably 1992. That's crazy. Um, certainly the the only one to come along. Um, in, in the last uh, 15 years, and uh, certainly the only one still around. <laughs> After getting this place launched and getting everything started, do you understand why it's been so long since somebody has tried to do this? Has it been a pain in the butt trying to get this started? Or It, it has been a pain in the butt. <laughs> it's definitely the case that everything that uh, can go wrong will in, in the most uh, agonizing way. But uh, honestly, it has been fun. It's been. I actually am a little surprised that uh, Cincinnati hasn't had a, uh, a new distributor. Um, we have seen this in Columbus and Cleveland and Indianapolis and uh, St. Louis and in the uh, Outer Banks in Atlanta. A lot of these uh, local breweries uh, are needing uh, distributors that are a little bit more uh, crafted for them. So you're like a craft, craft uh, distributor. Is that kind of the... <laughs> The well, idea behind we're, this. We're definitely we're definitely small, independent. Um, we are, you know, a a business that is that is, that is aware of the small business needs of a uh, local craft brewer. Uh, but we also have breweries uh, that we're talking to from around the country. So it won't just be local beer that we bring in. Uh, but it's definitely the case. I mean, there are some great craft beer brands in Cincinnati right now that are represented uh, in some cases represented well from distributors in Cincinnati or in Ohio. But, um, you know, there's a whole lot of brands in those books. <laughs> there yeah. is, there's a, you know, if you just look at just Cincinnati, we've got, you know, 50, depending on how you count it, 50, you know, three fifty four breweries that all are trying to get as many people to see their beer, to taste their beer, to, um, to, you know, that's a lot of people to yeah. kind of, we're probably getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, you know, trying to dig into that right now. But, yeah. Um, the, the way we start the show, we drink some beer. So let's um, let's dig into from the beer fridge. That's the segment where we drink beer, and that will kind of yeah, let's, that'll segue into kind of talking about some of the brands that you guys are currently um, representing. And um, we actually do have a beer fridge. Here. You do have a beer fridge. Typically, we're not getting something out of a beer fridge, but that beer fridge. Looks like something out of somebody's college dorm room. <laughs> uh, it did actually come out of uh, John Peterson's college dorm room uh, about 12 years ago. Um, and it's just, it's kind of stuck around, and now it is in Adina Distributing's office space here. Uh, so we've got some wooden cask first. 
Well, um, so the brands that you guys are, lo- are are representing right now, locally you've got Alexandria, Wooden Cask, and Darkness. Yes. And then you have St. Arnulf. Is that how you... Uh, yes, I, I know nothing about them at all. Oh, they're 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 very cool. We will talk about them in a little bit. Uh, but this here is uh, Yorkshire, yes. which is a an English ordinary ale. Um, it's very similar to an English bitter. Uh, you're gonna it's light in color, low ABV, but you're gonna get um, a little bit of that earthy herbal hop character that kind of lets you know that you're drinking drinking a beer. It's um it's one of those good every I I'm not going to call it a gateway beer because I hate when people call things gateway beers. Yeah. Um it's a good everyday drinker uh you know, that that beer that when you get home at the end of the day and you just want to sit down and have a beer. This is one of those ones. That we've we've tried it on the show and I'm trying to look up um what episode that was on if um anybody is interested but um it's low ABV. You can drink a few of them. This is also one that when I'm at Wooden Cask, I tend to drink a lot more of so that yeah. I can hang out and have a few more beers. It, he puts it on nitro down there sometimes. Um, yeah, it's, it's actually on draft. It's incredible. only on nitro. Is it really we, yeah, only? We'll, we'll have it on nitro uh, soon. So um, we'll have that out there for people. And I think it is a unique <coughs> experience. It's similar to what you would get from an actual cask ale. Right. Um, it, it's a smoother, those smaller nitrogen bubbles kind of let that the subtle hop character kind of wash over your tongue and uh it's just it's a really good beer and you know we're getting into the the colder months but during the warm months it's something on nitro that isn't a stout it's not something that is gonna you know be a weird beer to have on a patio when it's 90 degrees well and it's good year round you know part of part of the idea behind wooden cask was this uh english pub kind of feeling place and and from what I understand, when you go to an English pub, there's lots of easy drinking, mild beers that are designed to just put a bunch away. And that's exactly what this one is. If you go to uh, Volume 3, Episode 4, we were live at Wooden Cask and we tried it on there and talked to Randy about the beer a lot. And uh, it's, it's still one of my favorites. And you can get in packaging in yeah. Ohio now. Yeah, you get it in packaging <laughs> and so on draft. Excited. Yeah. Um, very soon, very soon. We'll um, be are you guys going to have. Uh, or I guess it would be you know, more from brewery to brewery of an easy way for them to find where that beer is. Are you guys planning some kind of tool like that? or We will make sure that, that people know where they can find beer. Uh, we don't want to uh, run afoul of any, uh, any kind of uh, regulatory agencies that might not like us to, to advertise. But I think we want to be able to have, um, you know, It'll be places where people can can find it for sure. So, what is what is the official law on that? Is it that you have to like when you're saying where something is, you have to mention more than one place or something? Um, it's actually I don't think you're really supposed to do a whole lot when it comes to advertising. But I think if you're saying, "Hey, here, me, Michael Amon, private citizen, I'm enjoying this nice beer at this place," right. or "Hey, I'm doing this, uh, just I'll be somewhere doing a sampling," then that's okay. But if you're Typically, you're not supposed to have a the kind of like that beer finder thing. Right. Distributors are not supposed to do that because that is considered advertising. <laughs> That's ridiculous. It is. It is ridiculous. <laughs> um, people do it, uh, but we're going to try. Our legal team is uh, excellent, but uh, we don't want to stress. You want to make more work for yeah. them, <laughs> especially this yeah. early on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, fantastic beer. So, tell me about kind of the breweries that you picked up. Why? why they all kind of work really well together in your portfolio what you know 
what type of places are you looking right now to um, to represent? Well, we're looking for good people, good beer, and uh, some you know a, a good business sense that that, that we can partner with. Um, so really, we're not looking for any particular styles. I mean, we have uh, darkness um, and wooden cask, which have you know a very specific styles of beer that they like to do, but they also are willing, as you'll see, to, to kind of branch out. Um, St. Arnolf, uh, very unique way that they brew beer, very great, a great story to tell, um, and just fantastic beer. And then Alexandria, um, I mean, Andy's a great dude. Is a great story behind how he was starting his uh, brewery, the long process that he, that he went through to get a brewery to Alexandria. Um, and all four breweries just make excellent beer that I really personally enjoy. And um, I really feel that we can tell their story in Cincinnati and get the beer to uh, where people want it. What is, the, what is the difficulty? I know that most of the conversations that we've had on the show about the distributing side of things has been almost a frustration later on of trying to get your brand represented in a sea of other brands. Now, you guys are just starting out. You don't have this huge portfolio of brands that are overlapping a lot. Um, as that grows and as that changes and some of those brands do have overlap, what is what is that difficulty of when you're trying to get a tap handle in a bar and maybe they're looking for one thing and there might be a couple different things that you do represent that would fit there. Like what is, how do you, how do you find that balance? I guess that's a big question. <laughs> oh, no, it's, no, that, I mean, that's, that's definitely something that I had experience with, uh, as a sales rep myself, um, trying to balance, you know, books, uh, that had 40 or 50, uh, or 60, uh, breweries or different brands inside those breweries. Um, it's, it's a challenge. And sometimes, you know, it's going to be tempting to kind of find the path of least resistance, what, whatever is popular. But I have found that if you're able to uh, have a um, kind of a curated portfolio, something, you know, brands that you believe in, you can have, you can compellingly sell, you know, maybe two dozen of those. And so that's probably about the size that we're looking is have 24 or so impactful suppliers that we can tell their story and we can have um, a just a, a genuine connection with those brands and, 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 and sell them honestly. If what, somebody comes to you and maybe you don't have that connection with it, you don't, I don't want to say you don't believe in what they're doing, but if you don't have that connection to the brand and to the story and to the beer, are you going to tell somebody maybe we don't, maybe we're not the best oh, fit for you, oh, maybe yeah. you go here, maybe you oh, go definitely. here? Um, um, yeah, I mean, that's what, that's been our limited experience so far. I mean, we could have more than four brands right now. Um, and it's been our understanding. I mean, people email us uh, different pitches for not even just beer. I mean, some goofy stuff. <laughs> um, so we, we're pretty much sticking to beer right now. We're pretty much sticking to breweries that we know and have a personal relationship. That will change, but it's not going to change rapidly. Um, and we just, we don't want to be the kind of people who take, you know, brand hoarding, you know, just grab right. anything that they can. Cause I, I, it never ends up working well. So we're, we're pretty patient as far as what we want to do and who we want to add. There are people, um, there are breweries out there that we're really, 
uh, we would really like to, to sell their beer and really think we could be uh, passionate advocates for them. But I don't. Uh, I also don't think that it's. Um, it doesn't help anyone out to, to kind of to take someone on that we're not one hundred percent on. Right. So, I just I know yeah. that even even on my side when I'm you know sitting somewhere I'm talking to a, another you know beer drinker and oh you know I haven't been to half of these breweries that are opening up you know where do I go this Friday and mm-hmm. like that answer is so hard to even give people when yes there's places that you know i'm like oh this place is great this place is great how you know trying to find that way of figuring out what a person really wants or really needs is a very difficult one well i mean people's drinking habits are you know if people really knew if there were people in this industry who could could read people's minds um i don't think that you know you could you could even you couldn't even cater to people even if you knew exactly what they were thinking and you don't um, so for us, we just have to go with what we like and with what we believe will work for us. Um, we're obviously not going to be taking on, you know, giant brands at this point. We're not going to be taking on probably, you know, some of the smaller, the smaller breweries out there that, you know, might not be able to give us, um, you know, any kind of volume at all. But we're, I mean, to be very honest, we're not really too worried about um, not having enough volume from from breweries, we're we're just kind of at this point developing a um, just you know people that we like to hang out with, have beer with, and people whose beer we like to drink. Um, what kind of when 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 you are working with somebody, what kind of input do you have with them? Of here's maybe what we feel like the market needs from you versus the brewery saying here's what we're making right now and we would like you to try to sell this to the market does that make sense yeah um well i mean it's definitely a give and take i mean they know their product better than uh, anyone but sometimes that doesn't quite mean that they know uh what the market how the market's going to interpret that so sometimes and i mean we have very limited experience with this with our own brands right now just because we're so new um we, so it's all kind of hypothetical right now. We haven't really had a chance to test our theories. But, you know, you have to balance a um, your own knowledge of sales and distribution and what people are out there buying. What, and there's a big difference, too, between what buyers are going to say yes to and what people are actually going to order once they get there. That's another thing. You're really basically selling this beer twice because, one, the person ordering the beer has to 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 like it and like the idea and sometimes that person's not 100 percent in tune to what their own customers want um and sometimes you know the customers will surprise you and you you just have to understand that sometimes you're not gonna not gonna know it 100 percent but as far as balancing between what we tell brewers uh for example since was a beer that uh um I came up with. I thought it was a funny name. I thought it was a, because our breweries are from Kentucky, um, by somewhat of coincidence, somewhat because of state lines and the the legal hurdles uh, right. required to 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 sell beer. Um, but the uh, we that was an, a collaboration between Alexandria Wooden Cask and uh, Darkness. 
It's it. Kentucky Common, right? Yeah, it's a Kentucky Common, yeah. Which we, is like the one beer that I think all of the, they all have in common. And yeah. they all do very differently. So yeah. I, I haven't gotten to try that one yet. And I'm, I'm really curious about kind of where they met with it. <laughs> it's, it's a fantastic beer. And they used uh, Queen City uh, Bee Honey. Gotcha. So it was, that was the kind of the Cincinnati part. And then obviously us uh, were also the Cincinnati part. So yeah, um, actually I think this was Randy I think had done... A common before, but I don't think he wooden cast doesn't really have a, a, a regular recurring common. So it was he was actually. I, I know the one that who, they've done they one at some point. I'm I'm sure he has. Um, he's a, a very accomplished brewer. Uh, but yeah, it, that's that's one of those things where we kind of came up with it, and you know, we the beers that we picked um, from their portfolio were ones that we thought represented what we liked about them best, but it's also had to do with what you know, they would have available to us. Like we could, there's beers that we might want from some of these breweries. And like, oh, well, we don't really brew that beer that much. So you're only going to get it once in a blue moon. Right. right. Um, let's talk a little bit about kind of the journey of get, getting this place started. Number one, why start a distributor in, um, I, I've heard plenty of times the pain of starting a brewery. And this seems like all of those pains without the beer like you just don't you don't you don't at the end of the day each day get to like over sneak over the tank and pull yourself off a pint that's true I mean, we, we do have beer here um yes absolutely it is beer podcast that's, it is that's beer what makes podcast, it go around yeah so we're gonna do one more wooden cask um but yeah as far as why we had uh this idea i i actually just couldn't believe that no one else had done it um, and from my personal uh, life, I felt like there wasn't really a lot I could do um, that would be, I mean, just to be very honest, like, why did I not do a brewery? Because I don't know how to brew beer. Um, <laughs> you know, like, I don't, that's not something I know how to do. Uh, I don't, I've never run a bar, so I wouldn't really want to run a tap room. Uh, I don't really have a, uh, a ton of a background in um, any kind of... Uh, you know, cleaning and all that, all that, that, everything that goes into it, I just felt like I, I'd have to outsource way too much of that. Whereas I do know distribution. I do know how to get beer to people and uh, to make those connections. So I, if for me, really, honestly, I would have loved to have started a brewery. Um, I'm glad that we were able to do this, though, because I think when it came down to it, um, there's plenty of good beer in Cincinnati. There just wasn't enough good distributors. You know, as as much as, you know, not to talk about a craft beer bubble, which I think is a, mm-hmm. a load of crap, but you don't need more great beer in Cincinnati. We can we support more? Yes, absolutely. But we mm-hmm. don't we don't need more. Um, but there is definitely a desperate need for more places like this. Well, that's the thing. I mean, we well, I. I mean, it's place or, or you know, I don't know that you need a ton of them. <laughs> Not a ton. Yeah, this is enough. One more was that's, all we needed. That's it. <laughs> uh, no, honestly, um, it's just yeah. You look at more mature markets, and they do have more distributors like us. Um, places that are doing things not necessarily on a big beer model, more on a um, kind of bootstrap startup uh, craft beer brewery model. I mean, that's, I mean, I talked to a lot of different distributors, but it was also a lot of feedback from brewers and how they've done things. I mean, Randy and Karen at Wooden Cask and Ron and Eric at Darkness were great mentors for getting our own 
distributor set up because they had done everything we'd done, plus 10 other things. So that's when you're, we're looking at like why we did this, it was, I mean, because great people like Ron and Eric and Karen and Randy need people to, to represent their beer on this side of the river. Well, there's, you know, you talk about a, you know, a growing craft beer community or a, you know, evolving market or a maturing market in Cincinnati, whatever, you know, there's been this explosion the last couple of years and now mm-hmm. it's kind of settling in and, and we're, we're filling those gaps and what that means to have a healthy craft beer community. I mean, part of that is the distribution side. Yeah. Part of it is, you know, good craft beer bars. Part of it is places, you know, that That's you a could good go thing. and fill a growler. Like there are these other pieces to it that now need to fill in a and little that, bit. Yeah, that is a good point. I mean, there's always been good places where you can get good beer in Cincinnati. And I think that over the last couple of years, uh, a lot of places have, have taken on craft, uh, craft beer. But, I mean, supporting your local pub is another, I mean, those people really work a lot of hard, and they, you know, they don't have, you know, beer either as far as, uh, they don't have a tank of beer they can just uh, take a little off. So, I mean, there's a lot of great beer accounts out there that uh, that I think are as important to this as the breweries and the distributors. Going back to that question of somebody asking me, you know, where do I go on Friday to have beer? I may not recommend a tap room. I may say, look, if you haven't been to this brewery, this brewery, this brewery, go to BC's, go to Cappy's, you know, go, go to one of those places and sit down and just try a bunch of different stuff and, and, and kind of see what's what this landscape is right now and then kind of start making decisions about where you're going to spend your time and your money on the next weekend. You know, it's you, you can't go to every place anymore. It's, I, it, it's, it's it, very hard. Those places that those bottle shops and stuff like that, that, that have the growlers, the kind of combined on and off premise places, the, the staff there, they always have the best knowledge of what's going on in Cincinnati craft beer because they get it all. Aside from beer bloggers, like, oh yeah, like yeah besides you. But I mean, <laughs> you can't. You don't. They don't find you behind a. Behind, <laughs> right. You're on the other side. They, as far as they know, yeah. <laughs> I could be anybody. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're drinking Pacific Time now yes. from Wooden Cask. Um, again, Volume Three, Episode Four. We had this one. We drank a lot of beer that night. Six <laughs> percent um, ish, I think. Yeah, it's six point two. Um, um, they have. It's a uh, believe Columbus Centennial and. Um, I think that's it. Uh, but, yeah, so you have a great big West Coast-style hops in a nice light, lighter body, medium body um, beer. Uh, it's fantastic. It's, it's not an old-world-style IPA. That's, and that's what's yeah. so funny about it. You mm-hmm. know, when, when, when Randy was starting out, I think that he probably quoted in a couple different places, oh, I'm not going to make stuff like that. I'm not going to do a big West <laughs> And he did, but at the same time, like, you try this and it still has that personality to it i don't i don't mm-hmm. know what it is but there's that that, that wooden cask personality that um well it kind of fits into a couple different categories yeah. for me and it's a fantastic beer i mean that's that's probably the the best argument for it is that it's just it tastes exactly like what when i was uh i was over in uh, scotland actually for my honeymoon when, congratulations by oh, the way thank you appreciate it uh just you know if you ever want to really lose your mind why don't you start a business and get married in the same month <laughs> that's a great idea <laughs> so um yeah and this was the first like american style beer that i had and just that just get that those all the all the just bitterness hitting your tongue and just and it's not even an overly bitter beer but it's just this great hoppy grapefruity piney interpretation of 
um, a very common style that I just I, it was well, fantastic. If you if you ever start to get burnt out on IPAs, which is very easy to do with mm-hmm. how many are out there, just do that. Spend a week just drinking you know something big and malty and sweet, and then go to something like this and crack one open, and it just it hits you in all the right places, and mm-hmm. it just um, that that bitterness on the tongue that just kind of lets it finish really clean and um i love it it's you know more of a warm weather beer to me which is definitely mm-hmm. not what's happening outside for oh, me no. for me yeah. oh yeah i mean i definitely i definitely agree um i always i always like to have when people always talk about like lawnmower beers like this would be my lawnmower beer nice you know i mean it's 6.2 percent, so you can't have as many right but you know it, it's super refreshing um to me this is the style of beer that i i usually go to it's it's absolutely fantastic. It's if you guys haven't been down to Wooden Cask, I don't know what's wrong with you at this point. I don't know how you're missing out on that. They're doing some really awesome stuff down there. Just not just the beer, just that atmosphere of what that tap room is is just absolutely phenomenal. It's dark wood and it's comfortable and it feels like there's a big fireplace burning even if there's not like it's just he's he's nailed what that tap room like the whole idea behind it it's, it's yeah, and they have it's great cool. live music too and the um it doesn't really help us out to send people down there but actually it does because i think that people need to kind of understand the story behind wooden cask and to just see the live music that they have it's right in front of the tanks like it's right there. They're in this, um, like the you're right by the grain and everything like that. Right. You're really just in the in the brewery, listening to these bands that they get in, and it's it's a fantastic experience. If you're somebody like me that lives in not just in Ohio but in the far northern reaches of what Cincinnati is to a lot of people, <clears throat> it you know. You fall in love with these places that might be in northern Kentucky or wherever it may be. That It's a haul to go out there. You cannot necessarily go to the tap room whenever you want to. So it, it definitely helps you guys. If people go down there and oh, fall yeah. in love with it and they're oh. like, man, I need this beer. And there it is on the shelf of their favorite store. Yeah, you, know, I would, if you do not have a complete experience with the Cincinnati craft beer scene if you don't go down to uh, northern Kentucky and check out the breweries that are down there. I mean, obviously everyone knows about Braxton, but yeah, our breweries, Darkness and Wooden Cask, have fantastic taproom experiences. Both have fantastic live music. Um, they're just they're a little different, but they're both just exactly what you'd like to find in a taproom. Um, and uh, for sure, definitely go check them out. Oh yeah, and then buy their beer in Ohio. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that is part of. Beer in different situations tastes very different. It provides a different experience. So there is something to be said about, granted, I I love sitting in a tap room at the bar and talking to somebody about the beer and drinking it there. But there's a very different experience when you take that beer home and you do crack it open after you get done cutting the grass or whatever. That's part of the experience, too. And and you need that with these places as much as you need the tap room experience. For sure, yeah. And that's that's why we're glad that... um you know, it's so easy to have tap rooms in, in at least Ohio. I mean, I know Kentucky is pretty easy um, because, I mean, we're fine with that. We want people to have that. It helps the brands grow. And, um, I mean, there's fun. Like, I like going to Darkness. I like going to Wooden Cast. I like going to a lot of local uh, Cincinnati craft breweries. Um, I enjoy it. I mean, I do it uh, when people come into town, even if they're not brands that we're even pursuing or 
they're not like you know they're already with another distributor um i take people i take people down to get that tap room experience because it is fun i mean it's a it's an important part of the beer making process that you used to not be able to experience and not even that right. long ago right and that's that's everything is changing very quickly as far as what beer is and what craft beer is and it's it's just fun watching it's fun being yeah. you know some kind of part of that even if it's you know some ancillary kind of part of the craft beer community i guess yeah so we're gonna switch up to darkness and you'll notice this beer is not dark <laughs> the, um, the first time we had yeah. them on the show mm-hmm. uh was before they were open i think they had just started crowdfunding a little bit and we're mm-hmm. kind of figuring things out and they brought some homebrew in um we had a studio at that time where we will know this was mm-hmm. even before the studio we were sitting in the guy who started the show with mike we were sitting yeah. in his dining room around the, the dining room table and um they brought a beer that was very similar to this and they oh. said here we are we're darkness brewing and they put this down <laughs> like that is the whitest beer i've ever seen in my life <laughs> yeah so yeah this is a um pale ale a milkshake pale ale from uh darkness this is called the dancing beer uh and it is based on a cocktail called the dancing bear um and what they they did this for uh, a bar down in newport i believe or bellevue um, they did it for a Same bar down thing. there. Yeah, I, and I, I wish I could remember what bar it was. But um, they, uh, the one, Eric the Brewer had worked there for five years. They have these famous cocktails, and so they kind of got together and like, figured out how they're going to make all these ingredients in here. And so it's basically this milkshake pale ale that uh, tastes like this cocktail. Dancing Do you know bear. at all what was in the cocktail? Um, I think it was like amaretto. Um, there was... Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm getting a lot of, like, there must be some kind of fruit. I get you know, orange peach, juice. Yeah. I get something mm-hmm. that's very orange juicy to me. Yeah. I would have to say that, but I, I wish I knew. This is just a one-off beer that uh, that they made, unfortunately. I don't, I'll, I'm going to try and get some for Ohio. But um, this the keg actually blew when he was giving me a sample for this. So that's it. This is, this is the last oh, bit of it. that's great. Yeah. So I like a lot of... You know things. I I easily get burnt out on a style mm-hmm. if it's thrown around a whole bunch. And um, New England IPAs, milkshake IPAs, is one of those things. I can yeah. only drink so much before I get bored with it. Mm-hmm. This is great though. It, it doesn't have that like over the top kind of huge hoppy fruit thing going on. No, it it is a fruity beer, <laughs> but it's not overly fruity. It doesn't taste like you're drinking. Uh, the juice out of a fruit cocktail, right. I think, is what I sometimes think is like just this sugary, you know, overly fruitiness. This, I mean, this is a zany beer, man. This is not something that would be, you know, a, a part of like a normal um, beer lineup for sure. But on the other hand, it's still balanced. It still has, um, it's still a, a recognizable as a beer, even though it's supposed to be this fruity cocktail. It would be one of those fun ones to put in front of somebody that says, I don't like beer, you mm-hmm. know, and then they're drinking whatever and you say, well, try this and, you know, maybe you'll change your mind a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I think I think it might blow their mind a little too much. You might have... Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it's a fantastic beer. And um, yeah, I, like, I like to... I wanted to show you this one just because even though they're called Darkness and they make a lot of dark beer, they're also making some fantastic pale ales and IPAs down there. I, I really wish and I had I a picture wait. of that beer they brought on the show the first time. Like, it was, <laughs> it was some kind of, like, rye-weeded something or other, and it was, I mean, it was, it was like, 
it was white. <laughs> it was yeah. just the complete opposite of everything you think about darkness. And when they're, then when they're saying yeah. that they, yeah, that they're, we're going to, I mean, that's kind of their thing is they make a lot of dark beer, but honestly, you can't just only make dark beer. And so we, we actually are going to be carrying a few beers from them that I, we'll have, maybe we'll have a bit of Mayan Sacrifice. Maybe we'll have a bit of uh, Hoppy Derriere, if we're lucky. Uh, and the federal they're, and state government cooperate. Um, <laughs> they're they're man on the moo. The the milk stout is one of my favorites that they do. Absolutely, we'll definitely have tons it's, of man on the moo. We'll have Bellevue Common too, which will right. be another nut and dark beer. We'll have Hophead Nebula. Will be in, and we'll have uh, Anomaly. Different uh, yeah, anomalies, like they're rotating kind yeah. of. So right now we got thing. yeah. Right now we got Zythos Anomaly. We should be coming in to our. I keep saying should be coming in because we're actually. As of today, still do not have very much inventory of beer at all because our cooler's not open, working. So any beer that needs to be kept cold, which is pretty much all of it. Uh, you would have to leave on the front step still today waiting, yeah. because that's the only place that's cool <laughs> enough for beer. Yeah, so we're, we're still, hopefully by the next time you have a show, we'll be, uh, we'll be having beer out there. So um, it should be very, I mean, it should be very soon. So one step at a time. You guys are getting there. <laughs> We're getting there. Well, it's a big step, right? I mean, the distributor needs beer to distribute. Right. And so if, uh, if we're lucky, it should be, I mean, honestly, if we're talking timeline, by the time this show airs, we should have a working cooler. This show will air tomorrow. Yeah, so. that's, 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 that's the plan. I mean, it's that's, all hooked up. That's a, <laughs> it's a very close timeline for you guys. I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to email you tomorrow and say, is the cooler working? <laughs> I'll let you know. I'll be on. You'll, if anyone follows me on Instagram or Facebook or anything, we will let you know once that cooler is working. Um, I'll just be sleeping in it. Like, it'll be 30 <laughs> degrees. It'll just be like, finally. <laughs> Where was this a couple weeks ago when it was 106 degrees outside? Yeah, yeah. Um, it'll still feel good. Um, I think it's haunted my dreams. <laughs> I, I've heard the story of coolers haunting many a brewery's dreams, too, after uh, the troubles that they've had with them, trying to get it all together and get oh it working. Gosh. We had the worst day of five people's lives um, <laughs> when that thing... Sh- just getting it off the truck took five adult men and an entire day, and much of our just, like, <laughs> eternal souls were just left... On the on the on the floor of that that truck bed, trying to pull. We I re, I mean, we had ceiling panels that are 19 feet long, um, 350 pounds. We had 16 of them, and the trailer that they sent was too long to hook up to our dock, and uh, so basically we had to drag them off with the uh, with the forklift. And um, unfortunately, we realized we couldn't stack them if the forklift's dragging the things off. So we were just hand dragging these things off of the truck and while our, our forklift guy was stacking them up just to, just to save time so i mean it was get, just getting those panels off because i mean it's a big i mean it's a big cooler it's a probably fifteen thousand cubic feet of uh space that we're going to be keeping it's, cold it's bigger yeah. than a few tap rooms around <laughs> oh yeah 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 i mean that because that's i mean we don't have fermenters we don't have a brew house we don't need um you know we don't have a uh we don't have a taps we don't have anything so that's where our money went, and that's that's where our business is going is is keeping beer cold. Um, so and yeah, it, it was just an absolute uh, ordeal to try and get that stuff off. And, right. and fortunately, we had some great people helping us out, and we got through it. And now we had a, a great refrigeration company put it up, and 
is ready to go, hopefully Monday. It's the things that no one will ever appreciate either. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody will ever understand the pain that goes into things like that. Oh, yeah. I'm sure next uh, time we have somebody in here like, oh, did that that come with the building? Like, no, it uh, (laughs) just, it caught. No, you see this scar right here (laughs) and this one. (laughs) Do you see this dead look in my eyes? Do you see that that stain on the floor from tears like that? (laughs) Yeah, that is exactly correct. Um, But, yeah, uh, I I remember um, just that just in our business plan, it was buy used panels, buy used refrigeration, set up cooler. And like that's just it. It's just one line in the business plan. And it's just been, you know, literally lost sleep. Um, just I mean, that's just one thing. I can't imagine what it would be like if we had a... That's, I mean, that's why I have all the empathy in the world for all these brewers. Because... I mean, we, we're doing a tenth of the work that they're doing, and it's nearly killed me. Well, you know? I mean, it's, sometimes it's why places like Alexandria take 30 years to open up. Yeah. <laughs> because I mean, there's just so many things that just never work out the way you think they're going yeah. to. And it, it takes a lot of work to put a beer in someone's hand, and we, um, we're a small part of that, and we, that's why... You know, I don't like it when people that kind of talk about it. Oh, you know, there could be a shakeout. We're going to, you know, lose. You know, some of these breweries are going to have to go. And it's just, I mean, to to have put all that work in and to have it not work out or whatever you want to say when something closes. I mean, that's that's that, that, that feeling. I don't think most people would have that experience. Um, and so that's why, I've, you know, it is maybe the case that every brewery, you know, is, is not going to be around in five or six years. But I don't think anyone should be excited about that. No, it it should hurt every time somebody doesn't open up or every time somebody opens up and then closes or, you know, whatever whatever that, that story is. Like, it should hurt every time something like that doesn't happen the way it should. It it's amazing to me that I can walk into a tap room and get a pint of beer for $5 to know that's that backstory of what it took to get that beer in that glass. It, it, it's, it's mind blowing to me. And that's one of the reasons that, you know, every week I spend so much of my quote unquote free time Mm -hmm. doing this because I, I just, I feel like it deserves a spotlight shown on every single beer that comes out of a brewery in Cincinnati. Just, knowing what goes behind it and there are worse things to be doing of course. <laughs> that's right no this is work don't tell my wife that this is fun <laughs> when i was when i was leaving the house today um i have a one and a half year old at home who um as i told her i had to go work that's mm-hmm. what i tell her and she she understands when she sees the uh the podcast cart get loaded up what that means and she runs and she grabs a beer hat and puts it on and <laughs> waving <laughs> bye to my wife bye and i'm like oh you know you, that is adorable. you're not ready for that yet but you know one of these days <laughs> one of these days i'll be able to just sit back and she'll set it all up for me and then we'll just hit record and go <laughs> that'd be nice yeah <laughs> Beer is about having fun. The dream, the dream is definitely the fact that we went from homebrewing in a garage to where we are today, right? That is, that is the dream. Where we go from here, we're gonna, we're gonna continue to figure out as we grow. Uh, we, uh, and we don't know the answer. I don't know the answer. Can you have more fun? <laughs>
have with your clothes on? I don't think so. <laughs> You're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. This is Steve Shaw. This is Eric Bosler. Hi, my name is Gamal Nagy. Hey, y'all. This is Sean Willingham. This is Brett Coleman-Baker. Hi, I'm Scott LaFollette. Hi, this is Evan Rouse. Cellar Dweller Craft Beers. Darkness Brewing. Rivertown Brewing Company. Admissible Brew Works. Urban Artifact Brewing. Blank Slate Brewing. Braxton Brewing Company in Covington, Kentucky. In Cincinnati. In Northside. In Hamilton, Ohio. Bellevue, Kentucky. Mar, Ohio. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast. Cincy Brewcast. And you're listening to Cincy Brewcast. The voice. The voice. The voice of Cincy Craft. <laughs> Hi, this is Mike Stokes from Cincy Brew Bus. Cincinnati's craft beer scene is growing, and we want to take you to those locations. Here at Cincy Brew Bus, we love to introduce people to craft beer here locally in Cincinnati. We have an amazing craft beer scene. We have lots of routes to choose from and a lot of different places we can visit. Cincy Brew Bus is Cincinnati's premier and original craft brewery tour. We're the number one rated tour for breweries on TripAdvisor. We're the number one rated food and drink experience on TripAdvisor. And we're also the number two total tour overall on TripAdvisor here for Cincinnati. At Cincy Brew Bus, we provide a VIP tour experience for the novice and for the expert craft beer drinker. We like to take you out, show you how the beer is made, tell you about Cincinnati's rich brewing history, and at the same time, have fun, do some trivia, and drink some locally made fresh craft beer. I look at I look at the Bud Light drinkers out there as a you know a forest to be harvested. They're all out there and, and they don't know any better yet, but they will. You don't you don't ever hear somebody say, Yeah, I used to drink that crap beer crap. But I, <laughs> I went back to my Bud Light. You don't hear that, do you? No, you don't. You're listening to Cincy Brinkhurst, the voice of Cincy Craft. talk about kind of going back to kind of the story of you guys mm-hmm. adina yeah so an indian tribe i think they were mound builders that's yeah. as much as i know about um, the adina tribe yeah the uh adina culture were it's kind of a, a catch-all is the name of the people who were kind of first in this area and our idea why um using that name to kind of describe us was we kind of wanted to call attention to the fact that we're not the first people to start a craft beer business. Uh, craft beer has been around for a long time. It's not some fad. And even longer than that, um, you know, beer has been around for thousands of years. It has had a bunch of different... This milkshake IPA is definitely not. Yeah, this milkshake <laughs> IPA is brand new. That, that, that's, that's an excellent point, though. But, I mean, beers like Yorkshire and, to a lesser extent, Pacific Time, they've been around for a while. Beers like St. Arnulf have been around for hundreds of years. Um... So we wanted to have a, you know, just kind of say, you know, we're not the first people to do this, um, and we're not the first people to to kind of try to to, to be a part of this world, and we're not going to be the last. You know, we want to leave something for you know future generations to have a 
you know, to, to kind of keep craft beer alive. Because, I mean, this is a fragile, it's a fragile thing. I mean, I don't take lightly the, the idea that there's just so many great kinds of beer that you can enjoy very easily. I, uh, I tried to buy beer in Kentucky today um, for the show, and um, you find out you can't get it um, on Sunday mornings, apparently, in Kentucky. Did not realize that. Uh, it's, it's almost noon now. Yeah, well, now, yeah, almost noon. Yeah, sorry. Um, but, yeah, the, but most of the time, you can get great beer almost anywhere, um, and that's not how it was all the time in this country, and for a very long time. It was a very limited selection, or you had to work really hard to get it. So we don't take lightly the idea that um, craft beer is, is cool and craft beer is, is available right now, and we'd like to keep it that way. We'd like to keep small, independent craft breweries at the forefront of people's minds and, and in, in people's mouths, frankly. And I think it's, it's really underappreciated from the average beer drinker of of what it does take to get that beer to people i you know we we talk a lot about going to tap rooms and stuff there are still a lot of people that either don't have a lot of tap rooms around their house or may have a little terrorist living in their house like i do that doesn't (laughs) let you go out um it's sometimes if you're if you're a small brewery and you you want to get your beer out there you don't have a lot of options if you're you know prime example and you're in northern kentucky Mm -hmm. and i would say that a huge chunk of the people that drink your beer are people that live in ohio yeah about 80 percent you can't you can't send your beer three blocks north (laughs) and get it (laughs) to those people like it's 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 such a it's underappreciated what goes into this 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 whole big picture of things and you know i I know as somebody that lives in Ohio, I appreciate people like you getting well, we're, into we're us. We're trying. I mean, it, it, and like I said, for, we're very lucky that we were able to get the brands uh, that we do have right now for, not, again, not a coincidence, but um, for a reason we didn't foresee, um, they're all from Kentucky. Um, we, that will, the next brewery we sign probably will not be from Kentucky. I don't want to, we we're in talks with a few breweries. We're not sure who's going to be next, but... Um, uh, they'll probably not be from Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky has a great beer scene, but so do a lot of other states, and we'd love to get uh, beer in from them. We'll probably end up having more out-of-town breweries than in-town breweries, um, not to discredit you know, the, the right. Cincinnati, Cincinnati beer scene. For me, I've always um, been, my own experience has been working for distributors where most of the beer is not local. Well, so my brother, who was on the show a few weeks back, mm-hmm. um, he's just moved back into town from Charlotte and we used to always kind of joke about that, that Charlotte has Charlotte. It's not that far away. Mm -hmm. They've got this really great beer scene. That's very similar to what's going on here in Cincinnati. You go to Charlotte and you can't get any Cincinnati beer. Mm -hmm. You come here to Cincinnati. You can't get any Charlotte beer. Like there is none of that that makes that trek back and forth. Not because I'm sure they would like, they, they, they wouldn't like to have their beer there, but it's just because it's a, it's 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 difficult for breweries to kind of make those connections. Yeah, it, it is, uh, and a lot of breweries are very cautious about starting new relationships. Um, distributors have a bad reputation, to be honest, as far as 
everything. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's just, it's, it's hard to think of, you know, a scarier proposition sometimes because in a lot of states, including Ohio, uh, a distributor can essentially lock a brewery in if they so choose. Um, and, it's, and a lot of them do choose to yeah, do that. That, that. That is that is true. And I think what, that's why, I mean, we're very upfront about the fact that we offer limited contracts. We have, we want to give people out, um, not just because we're super nice guys, but because we have uh, an understanding that if we start locking breweries in, no one's going to, no one's going to trust us. No one's going to want to work with us. And we need breweries. We're unlike every other distributor out there. We're looking for, we need new brands uh, to survive. It's, it's better to get somebody to stay with you by giving them what they want and what they need than tricking them into <laughs> being stuck here, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I mean, 90% of the breweries in here are friendly with 90% of the people working at those breweries. So, I mean, people talk. So if you are, um, some people can afford to be crappy to local breweries. We can't. So right. that's kind of our business model and our life philosophy. Is <laughs> that's let's it's actually written on the yeah. wall right now. Some people can afford to be crappy. We can't. Yeah. <laughs> you, you were talking that's, that's, about a, a mural on this wall here. I think yeah. that's what needs to go Some right there. Some people can afford to be crappy. We can't. We can afford to have a crappy looking building. We yeah. cannot afford to have. <laughs> where, where do you see kind of the distribution side of things going here in town in the in the future i mean i think a lot of people when they're starting out their first instinct is self-distribution self-distribution because they can you know that's one great thing about ohio is that you have that option but we're starting to see a lot of people who you know they get into that a little bit and they're like oh my god I, I didn't i didn't know what that involved i didn't i don't have time to now go out here to this account and this account and deal with these things i need to be back here and making beer to get it out there well we we would hope that we would be a part of a solution for breweries that's kind of why we came about we had a um i know a vision of becoming the kind of option for for people who who were not looking to you know set the world on fire but were also wanting to have a fairly sustained presence outside of their tap room um we think that we can offer that to breweries of a number of different sizes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'd say the future of distribution, I mean, I, I don't know what it'll be. I know it'll be different. It'll probably be a, uh, you know, I think self-distribution is something that is excellent for um, breweries that want to make that their focus or breweries that want to, you know, not focus on distribution at all. Um, I think that there is a middle ground where I think we can help a lot of breweries out where it's cheaper to go with us, frankly. I mean, if we're going to talk about business, it's cheaper to go with us than to buy a uh, refrigerated van, which is not, which are, those are not cheap, um, you know, to use our salespeople in conjunction with people that they have rather than, you know, relying on, you know, one, one or two people. Um, so we'd like to be, you know, as more breweries come along, we'd like people to consider us as you know an option rather than a uh you know self-distribution but i'm not the kind of person to say hey self-distribution is stupid or self-distribution should be you know shouldn't be allowed to do that i'm fine i think that you 
brewery, individual breweries and individual brewery owners know their business better than we do. And if they think they need to be self-distributing um, to start out, I believe them. You know, I think well, it's, that's it's a, it's a great it's a great bridge. But I do, I do think that in, in some cases uh, you end up having just a little too it it just can you can put a little bit too much into it. And it's then a whole other business. Yeah. It's it is it's running a whole separate business in addition to the one that you already have started, which is making the beer. You know, or running a tap room. Like these are all sep- they're they're very separate types of businesses, and it's sometimes it's hard to balance all of those things, and sometimes you shouldn't have to balance all of those yeah. things. And some people do it really well. I mean, there's uh, there's a couple guys on uh, Elm Street actually that have done an there's okay a brewery job. over there. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I mean, I mean, is that the guys that are rumored yeah. to build a big gondola across Cincinnati? <laughs> have you heard that rumor? <laughs> I've definitely heard it's that hilarious. rumor. It's the best. I, I hope it's true. I, I want to see it. I'll ride it. I mean, that'd be awesome. Um, but I think I think all that plays in to their distributing side. I think I think what actually happened was they started buying some property for storage of some of their vans and things like that and that started getting people talking. And then there was a whole other uh, business that they've been doing with some real estate investment. It's, it's so fun to me. I, I love the yeah, rumors. No, yeah, it is a shockingly persistent, right? I have, I have not, know nothing about it, but it is hilarious how often it comes up. So I hope it's real. I will. I would ride it all the time. I, am, I would take the streetcar to the gondola and take the gondola to the beer garden or whatever, you know, 100%. I assume I love it would just be like just <laughs> jockey box or not jockey box. I would see some very intricate draft system on the oh, gondola. There better yeah. be. <laughs> That's, that, that is what I heard. I think I saw a drawing about it. Um, you guys heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> Spread that around. If someone knows the buyer on the Ryan Geist gondola, I'd like to get some Adina beer in there, actually. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, I think, uh, I mean, you know what, it's, we're really looking for people who really are looking for us and, uh, we, they can really pair with us. So if people are doing a great job and some people are doing a great job self-distributing, you know, good luck, go for it. You know, I'm same deal. If you think that going with a big distributor works for you, go for it. You know, we're not, um, like I said, we're pretty patient as far as how we're going to curate our portfolio. And that isn't just getting really tasty beer. It's also getting people who, you know, need to uh, to work with us as much as we need to work with them. Um, as somebody who has just started this business, just in the process of start, starting this business, mm-hmm. I guess you could say, what are what are the fears with all of this right now? I mean, I know that if I had asked that question six months ago, it would be very different than it probably is now. But what, 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 what are the fears that you have now about Adina? Well... I, I mean, honestly, we're what we're most afraid of probably right now would be that it's just going to be a um, there's not a lot of uh, flexibility we have as far as uh, is how we can we can like who, the people we can employ and the people we can have in our uh, in our on our team. It's just I, it's been surprising trying to get people in. Um, are uh, like not not I mean not even talking about like sales reps or anything. Like that. I'm talking about like just trying to get people in our warehouse and and driving. I mean that's if I'm, we're talking about fears like just that was surprising. Like we haven't even had a chance to start interviewing, uh, which will probably change hopefully soon. But you guys are hiring though. We are hiring. Yeah, we're going to be. So. We, we, I'd, so I'm just saying like we were trying to get our. Uh, we're, yeah, we should be hiring reps soon. We should be, uh, but I'm just talking about just trying to get getting drivers and stuff like that. Uh, but uh, honestly, if we're having, um, just as far as like bigger picture stuff, market 
that sort of thing. Um, I mean, my big fear would be not necessarily that people stop drinking craft beer. <laughs> That's but it. We're yeah. done. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I think that I, I that when we're talking about um, uh, how you're not really selling directly to the customer, you're selling to to buyers and stuff like that. My fear would be you still have those dedicated craft beer accounts. My fear would be that um, you have it's kind of a twofold issue where um, those craft beer accounts. Now that craft beer is everywhere, the ones that are really dedicated and really understand it, outside of the more successful ones, some of those are just going to close down or shut up, you know, stop, stop being those dedicated accounts because, again, craft beer is everywhere. And then my other fear would be the places that, you know, did kind of pick up craft beer as, because it's trendy and stuff like that might start seeing places that do close, that, that do stop making beer, start seeing those breweries as a sign that the craft beer is done. And even though the beer drinkers are still there, they're not bringing in the craft beer anymore. Because, and so it's at that point um, right. that they're – so we start losing those accounts too. So that would – if you really, if I'm saying what scares me about craft beer distribution, it would probably be that our – not necessarily that our drinkers dry up, so to speak, but that you might have uh, – people might mistakenly believe that, oh, craft beer is done, fad's over. And then you kind of it, it becomes a self fulfilling prophecy. What about and this is a topic that I, we haven't really talked about on the show nearly enough. You know, you have big breweries. You know, mm-hmm. the AB InBev, Miller Coors, kind of people of the world that are starting to put out a whole bunch of product that some people say is craft beer. Some people say is a beer that's hiding behind a craft banner. Um, Filling tap handles with that, filling shelves with that. Um, I know that there are there are big stores that I used to frequent a lot that you walk in, and the cooler is now just filled with beer that's from one company, and it looks like it's beer from a bunch of different companies. Um, I know it's kind of a different topic, but what, what, do you have any thoughts on that? On yeah, kind of that side of it's craft fucking, beer. Yeah, it's fucking bullshit. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, I'll, I'll say it. I mean, it's. It's frustrating to me um, because, I mean, I don't have any grudge against. There's a lot of great people who work at those companies. Um, there's a lot of great, uh, you know, breweries that did end up deciding that their ownership uh, could no longer support the business and they needed to to sell out, whatever you want to say. Um, and so I have all the empathy in the world for those people, and, and I, I hope, wish them the best. My opinion is we know exactly what beer in this country looked like when it was controlled by essentially three companies. And the, those companies, companies have all consolidated now, so it's even, even fewer. Yeah, I mean, so it worries me a lot that we don't, that there's not enough, I guess fear is the best word, uh, there's not enough fear towards consolidation and towards a, a um, retreat from independence. And in order to think that it doesn't matter, uh, and I'm all, you know, I'm not going to try and get in the arguments about certain definitions or what's craft or what right. isn't craft. But you know, we do know there are lots of great independent craft breweries out there that are making fantastic beer. And that's not to say that if a brewery is independent, then it's automatically a fantastic brewery. But there are a lot of ones that are, and I think that in my own, and obviously we're not going to be getting any Budweiser brands or any Miller brands. So I'm free to, <laughs> to say Definitely not now. <laughs> yeah, not at all. Yeah. 
We were hoping for Wicked Weed. I guess it's not going to work. I have heard um, that they will be in this area in, in the future. Well, in the, in the near future. Not um, in this specific warehouse, no, unfortunately. not in here. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, um, I, so I, I, don't, I don't think it's an irrelevant conversation. Um, and, uh, look, I mean, I'm not going to – could, people can always kind of split hairs and, like, well, what about private capital or what about, you know – shitty investors or what about uh you know beer that just isn't good like well then i don't know you can take it by a case by case basis it's not that challenging to you know say like okay um this beer isn't good i'm not going to drink it that's actually the easiest thing to do i mean that's you know that's there's no question if a beer isn't good no one should just be sucking it down because like well at least it's independent i don't know of anyone (laughs) making that argument um so, yeah, I, I find that it's not that uh, – I'm not convinced that uh, independence doesn't matter, I guess is what you're saying. So, yeah, I, I, that is a worry, and I hope that uh, I hope that we can keep, you know, an independent uh, – What do we do as, as, as beer drinkers to help foster that, though? Um, I, mean, I mean, honestly, just – you know, supporting your local pub, supporting your local breweries. <laughs> if you're I mean, ever yeah. out at a bar and you see yeah. somebody drinking one of those faux craft beers, yell. Just say, Budweiser! <laughs> Point at them yeah. and get the whole bar to shout. And <laughs> I, I, I think that's, that might be a bit extreme. Um, well, that's what I do. I mean, <laughs> that's how you can spot me at a bar. If I'm, if I'm running around yelling at people drinking Goose Island, um, you know that that's me. <laughs> I, I, you know, honestly, I think it, it's not, I mean, but I mean, I know people who are great supporters of craft beer and they also drink Bud Light. So, I, I mean, it's I, not... I drank a Goose Island this weekend. Yeah. I also drank a Wicked Wheat this weekend. That's, sometimes you, that's what you do because of the situation. Sometimes that's what's in front of you. Yeah. Some, you know. it's, it's not a, that's, so it's not a... We're not talk, calling for like some sort of zealous uh, opposition <laughs> to... The, I'm just, I just think that it, there's nothing wrong with saying that independent craft beer is... Um, that, that's good is the goal and supporting that is essential to keeping uh what we all like alive well and that's you know to me i think it's it's important for people to understand that craft beer is not just about a liquid poured into a glass that you drink like there's there's so much more to this this picture of what craft beer is and it's about the people it's about the stories it's about the communities it's you know these things are all very critical to what makes craft beer special and some of these other things that are kind of jumping in on the craft beer business and, and, and using it to their advantage do not necessarily uh, foster those same things that make craft beer special. Does that, it, does that, does that make sense? Yeah. And, yeah, it, uh, and all these people who are talking about um, a bubble happening and, and, and that sort of thing, the kind of people who are going to keep craft beer alive when perhaps the market is not as friendly to it are not going to be the people who are worried about the bottom line. It's going to be the people who are passionate about craft beer. And so if we want, if we want craft beer to survive any kind of shakeout or, or whatever you want to call it, it's going to be the people who started a craft brewery not to make money, not to have an um, you know, easy, easy buck, but to, because they absolutely love the magic of, of brewing beer and are going to put in the extra work, you know, take some bad years to keep these things around. Because, I mean, I mean, look, you're not going to see all these breweries that sold out. If there is some kind of shakeout, or even if there isn't, you're going to see a lot of that stuff go away. 
and because well, no one's there to fight for it. And let's distill that myth right now, too, that you can make a ton of money by starting a craft brewery. Yeah. Most <laughs> of the guys that start craft breweries do not make a ton of money. <laughs> they, they do this because they love craft beer and, and whatever that means to them. They, they love something bigger than, than that. It's, it's not to get rich. <laughs> no, there are not, not a whole lot of rich people in beer. <clears throat> There's a few, There's, but yeah. there's not a lot. That is true. <laughs> Would you like another beer? Yes, let's drink one more as we kind of wind things down here. Alrighty. Oh, this I'm excited about this because I know nothing about these guys. All right, this is St. Arnolf. We've been teasing them. Other than I love their bottles. Oh, their bottles are fantastic. Um, so this is from, and I'm going to pronounce it wrong, Katie's Kentucky. Uh, he, uh, Stephen, is the head brewer there. He takes um, wood from his uh, this barn that he pulled down. That um, was made from uh, tre- he, it was made of wood from trees that were on the farm. He has this grain silo that he's put his brew house in. He has a brick oven that he uh, puts the wood in, burns the wood. His boil kettle yeah, is see, above it. So, yeah. case in point, if you want to start a business where your whole goal is to make money, you don't do it that way. <laughs> No, no, you don't. Um, and uh, so this is the this is probably the the February batch of uh, this. So it's had a little bit of time to to sip. So this is hexagram. This is a blueberry imperial milk stout. Um, he brews this beer. Takes it's not like a normal like sixty minute brew because obviously it's fire, um, and it's just from wood. So he doesn't have as it, it kind of takes a little bit longer uh, to turn it off. He has to pull out this. Uh, he pulls out the sheet, then all the all the logs fall down, so it gets the, the heat off of it. Awesome. Uh, oh my gosh, it's so cool! It's in the middle of absolute nowhere, um, but yeah, I mean, he uses a uh, limestone uh, cave uh, re- water he does. reservoir, yeah, to, uh, to to make the beer. Uses a lot of the stuff. Uh, there's a Mennonite farm that grows hops down there. It uses a lot of their hops. Um, it's fantastic stuff. He actually learned to brew in um, a uh, an abbey that they used in the Harry Potter movie for Snape's classroom. <laughs> and I wish I could remember the name of the abbey. But yeah, I mean, it's just medieval brewing. With, but he uses like modern science. I mean, it's, um, he tracks everything. It's all bottle conditioned. Uh, it is carbonated just from yeast. He doesn't force carbonate anything. He has uh, open top fermenters. Uh, it's just really cool, old world stuff. I mean, and it wouldn't matter if the beer didn't taste good. I mean, what do you think? It's it? it's a great beer. Like it's uh, my first taste. Uh, you know, before I knew anything about the beer, I had kind of a, a little bit of a, a funk to it. Which now, the more I drink, I, it's it's the blueberries coming mm-hmm. out. It's kind of all like a like a nice little tart funkiness kind of thing going on. The beer is really clean tasting though which i i love mm-hmm. um i love the carbonation on it you know the the natural carbonation is it definitely comes across it's a i i would love to like do some kind of experiment to kind of show people the difference between something that's naturally carbonated like that versus some of these more fizzier the bigger bubbles and stuff i, I i'm digging this a lot this yeah. is great and i wish i had samples of grindle for you but i don't i don't have that i i just need to sell all the cases i have cuz it's so we, good and we only have a few of them so we will be able to find it around town now uh you will yeah um it's uh should be around uh very soon i think we got we already got one case out somewhere 
Um, it's at Cappy's, I guess I can say that. There's a picture of me all over the internet uh, with a case of it there. So, yeah, we'll, we'll be getting the rest. We'll rest those cases out next week or so. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, do they have a tap room down there? No, they don't. No, it's just. It a, doesn't sound uh, like the place that would have a tap room. No, well, I mean, you. I think that you have to be careful what kind of vehicle you take there because you can get it stuck on the road to <laughs> get out there. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> do they do any kind of tours or anything? No, I know? mean, you just walk in and there it is. Uh, you got the, <laughs> you know, it's, awesome. just, it's just one room and then he's got his little office there. Um, well, it's, it's just, it's very... I mean, he might do a tour. You, 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 you should he's, email or him something. On, on Facebook <laughs> if, if you want to do it. But be, make sure you have four-wheel drive. This is definitely very... Um, after our kind of conversation about what craft beer is, mm-hmm. uh, this is, this is very fitting because this is very craft beer like it just it doesn't make sense to do things this way no um yet except for the fact that the beer is fantastic it's I mean, fantastic that's, that's the reason why you do it. it this is great i'm glad i got to try this the silence is me drinking by the yeah. way for anybody who's listening <laughs> oh man that's killer it um it's not too like over the top and like the big chocolatey roasty flavors but they're there so it, it seems like it's a beer that would fit in really good if it is hot outside you can mm-hmm. still drink this versus as the temperature does start to drop like we've seen <clears throat> it's a good cold weather beer too i like it a lot yeah um, well done we're we're glad to bring it what do you want people to know about adina that you think that they do not know already um that's I mean, my standard question to Honestly, you don't need to know very much about us at all. We're kind of the middlemen. Um, so, frankly, uh, we, what we do want you to know is that we have Wooden Cask, Darkness, St. Arnulf, and Alexandria available in Ohio starting next week, um, wherever good beer is sold. And uh, we will be uh, trying to get more beer to you, uh, beer that you know that, that, that people enjoy and that, that'll be out there um, hopefully soon. And if people have a favorite beer store and they cannot find that beer, they can probably shoot you some kind of a message somewhere, right? Uh, um, yeah, yeah. Social media, I'm sure there's... We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, we have a webpage, uh, adinabeer.com. Uh, Go ahead, shoot us, uh, let us know. And if there's any beer that you think needs to be in Cincinnati that is not, we'll make an effort to bring it there. But, I mean, we probably have uh, reached out to most of them. Like, like don't, don't send me, like, hey, can you bring Trillium to Cincinnati? Like, that's probably not going to happen. Or if, you're, if you happen to be a brewery that is outside of Cincinnati that listens to this podcast for some reason and you want to get your beer into Cincinnati, reach out. You know, they're... We all want to try it. Yeah, <laughs> That's definitely. important to know. You can, uh, you can send samples. We'll uh, give you the address to send the samples to. Um, yeah, and if any, I think everyone locally we've uh, reached out to. But if uh, there's anyone locally that uh, we haven't, uh, we're always willing to, to have a conversation. Um, you know, like I said, we're looking for, you know, good people, good beer, good business. So, um, and just a good fit, to be well, honest. And I... I think you guys have nailed that so far with, with the brands that you represent. There's, you guys have some killer stuff that all has these really unique personalities to it. And, um, it's, it's a nice fit for you guys. Well, cool. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate th- you. Thank you very that. much. So, hey. <laughs> uh, thank you for having me. Anybody that, uh, is listening to the show, 
next week there's another episode last week there was another episode download them subscribe tell all your friends do all that fun podcast stuff that you're supposed to do i think um you can probably rate things and things too i think you're supposed to do that <laughs> i don't know <laughs> that's the side of things that uh i don't even worry about i just make shows and drink beer <laughs> um thank you to, to michael and uh and the huge crew here at Adina. <laughs> I, I love this place. It is the craft side of craft distribution. <laughs> I, um, well, thank you for saying that. Thank you for coming out. I love it, and I'm excited for what you can do uh, for this craft beer community in Cincinnati. Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. <laughs>